Hey, welcome back to E-Crime Bites, Season 2, Episode 8. This is Shirak Patel and his hotel reward points. Oh, boy. You know, if you're jumping in by Act 4, I got to kind of warn you. You got to listen to Acts 1 through 3 to really understand what it is we're bringing to you in this act. Because this is this is the ending. This is the conclusion. This is his arrest. This is his sentencing. I'll try to give you a very quick update. Trust me, it's it's not like going back and listening to what actually happened in this case. You have this individual named Shirik Patel who works with unnamed amount of conspirators online to socially engineer reward points from a hotel company he used to previously worked at. The hotel company is Choice Hotels. They're in 40 plus different countries, so they're not a small hotel chain. He has fraudulently stolen reward points and moved them to a bunch of accounts that he owns. He's, it looks like he's trying to stay in swanky hotels at different places using the proceeds of this crime. He also has credit card numbers that he stole from the e-commerce system. So even though we're talking about reward points, he's also trying to use old fashioned credit card theft to make some money in his criminal scheme as well. So you're back on act four, which is just the arrest and sentencing, all that background we gave you all the way up to this point. And now we have him being indicted on 22 accounts. I told you it was 12 before, but I didn't want to tell you how many exactly it was because there would be no suspense. It was 22 counts in his indictment. So the count one is conspiracy counts two through 12 that those were the counts that I talked to you about at the la end of the last act. When I told you about all those hotel reward stays, or at least the attempts, each one of those attempts was a count. That's two through 12. That's wire fraud. Okay. You could stop there and go, Holy shit. That's a lot of counts. <laughs> we got more counts. 13 and 14 is aggravated identity theft, which is not good. And then counts. 15 through 22, and this is sort of the kiss on the top, computer fraud. And you can get a pretty hefty sentence off of computer fraud. So January 12th of 2022, so we're now jumping ahead to 2022. Everything we've talked about up to this point was in 2021 and before. January 12th, he's arrested. In April, so only a couple months later, he's detained specifically because he's deemed a flight risk. So there's actually this form that I'm seeing in most of these cases now that seems to be a pretty standard form of when they reject bail for a defendant. And so I'm trying to give you just what they checked off that was relevant. And the court said there's clear and convincing evidence that he's a danger to the community. That's one checkbox. <laughs> so he needs to be, de you know, detained. There is a preponderance of evidence that the defendant is a serious flight risk. Therefore, he needs to be detained. There's a serious risk the defendant will flee and that there's no condition that we can put on him being free that would bring him back if he were to be free. There's no condition or combination of conditions that we could put to assure the safety of others in the community. And they find that there's a preponderance of evidence that as to the risk of flight that before this case. So there is, there is a set of crimes before this case that the defendant has committed 
So that way, in this case, it makes him more apt to run. So I, I hope I explained that correctly. It's like saying if you add this case to his other case, he's more apt to run in this case. So we need to detain him. He's a massive then, flight risk and he's a prior criminal. So there's no way that we're going to let him uh, go free on bail. And here at the very bottom, this should have been the first bullet. In my opinion was there is a record of prior failure to appear in court as ordered. So he's going to be in there. The um, right. So let's flash forward to this recent May of 2023. Patel pleads guilty. He caught the plea. Uh, he pled to count 15 on computer fraud. So let's talk about his sentencing. So the sentencing happened on uh, May 9th of 2023, uh, although he actually pled guilty back in uh, in, in August. Uh, and accordingly, the court adjudicated the defendant is guilty of the following offenses, which is basically a Class C felony of computer fraud. And what did he get, Jones? He got 51 months, so a little more than four years, five years. Uh, five years would be 60 months. So a little more than four years, it's 48 months, right? With credit for time served. And upon release, he gets another 36 months of supervised release or parole. Now, this is where it gets interesting, is the additional things that he had to do. So we've seen many of our, uh, you know, star uh, criminals here have to do um, drug treatment and abuse. So that certainly applied here. Although here he's got to do it in Florida. I'm not sure why that was. Um, but he had to do it in Florida. But we also learn, well, then let's talk about the, the monetary penalties. 100 bucks. But he also got an $87,000 restitution amount. And that was broken down between having to pay the overwhelming bulk of that $83,000, almost $84,000 to Choice Hotels. And then there was somebody named uh, Gene Tier for $122. And then Discover Credit Card Financial Services, another $3,400, almost $3,500. And then they gave him a $100 fine. Um, oh, it's Seth. Around. And wait for it. Wait for it, because this is the point where I went, what the fuck? Yeah, so in addition to the sentencing, uh, and I thought this was kind of weird because we don't have any other facts that kind of led up to this. He has to, you know, participate uh, as instructed by a probation officer in the substance abuse and cannot drink alcohol, and he has to submit to testing. But he also has to register as a sex offender in compliance with all federal, state, tribal, and other local laws. I like to play less in tribal as well. And he must attend and participate in a sex offender treatment program with sex offense-specific evaluations as approved by the probation officer. There's nothing in the court document so that lead up to that, like a throw-in or, I guess, with other facts that we were just unaware of or that were not disclosed that indicate that he was also a sex offender. It's pretty rough. Yeah. It was when I read that, I was like, what the hell did I miss? Now, you remember, I did tell you that little snippet about his uh, detention hearing or the bail where it said he had prior criminal history and he had failure to appear. I suspect there was some kind of sexual crime prior to this that he had an issue with, had failure to appear, and now he's being charged with this crime and they're going, hey, you know, he ran in this other one, and now he's ha he has this other one, ours connected to it, and this is an issue. So, yeah, that was, so that's it for the sentencing. So we're, at this point, down to the final thoughts. And in this case, in most of our cases, this whole scheme, everything, boils down to trust. 
do you trust usually doing something somebody asks you to do is usually what a lot of these cases will boil down to. And that's what it boiled down to in this case. If the hotel desk employee had not trusted the caller, Patel and this co-conspirators might not have been able to install key logging software. And none of this may never have happened. Now, there was a gap in the court paperwork that I couldn't really, I couldn't connect the dots. And it was, he worked, he being Patel worked at choice hotels at for several years. And I couldn't tell if he had information from working there that he could use in his social engineering hack that would make him a little more effective at it. I couldn't, I couldn't, connect those dots. I think that's a possibility because they mentioned that he did work at choice hotels. So at a minimum, at a very minimum, he knows kind of how the hotel system works at choice hotels because, um, it's like a whole franchising type of process. And, you know, once you learn that franchising process, I think, you know, you then know how it works for everybody else. That's a franchiser in there as well. Well, we know he worked at the hotel for eight years. So we certainly, um, knew some things. Now, what I found interesting was it would have been so easy for any of the general managers or the front desk to say, hey, I need a little more evidence that you work here. What's your employee ID or something along those lines? And I guess he might have been able to use his own employee ID, uh, at least prior one. I mean, but, you know, there's generally like, you know, most companies have some basic process or they should have some basic process to like have a specific, um, passcode or a specific safe code or safe word that kind of confirms you are in fact who you say you are uh, and that you're current and not a former i mean it's not crazy for former employees to go back and try to pilfer things from their employer but this was fairly egregious security um lapses for sure yeah in, in a very modern time i mean this is like 2000 yeah this isn't like 1998 where you're like all right this is, you know, 2018, right? So fairly recent. Yeah, 2018, 2019. So in the last couple of years, I mean, in my in my opinion, this is relatively recent crime. Oh, agreed. Usually, sure. usually a crime happens. You don't really know about it for a couple of years and then it gets prosecuted. Then you find all the stuff that Seth and I present to you. And that's like two, three years after the crime. So this is a relatively recent crime. And it was one of the first cases that I ran into that used reward points. I will keep my eyes open for other reward point cases because... I always find interesting how people can monetize their hack. And sometimes it's not as simple as having a credit card number and just using it. Sometimes you have to take a reward point and figure out how you can get dollars out of that. So I've dealt with several reward point um, fraud instances in my day job. And I can tell you a couple of things. One, one of the things I think that fraudsters like about it is it's in their mind, a victimless crime, right? What's the worst that can happen is, you know, whoever has their, their reward points pilfered or siphoned, just, you know, you re-up them, right? It's not a real dollar for dollar thing. It's earned points and you can just restate them. Uh, I've also surprised that he didn't be smarter about it and just pump them into a, you know, a new debit card, right? I mean, I was involved in a case investigating rather uh, about a user who had kind of like similar to the office space with Superman three idea, taking pieces of reward points or like denominations of tiny, tiny amounts, 18 cents here, that kind of thing. And, you know, move them all into a centralized account. And then suddenly they have some real money and moved it into like an Amazon gift card or here, I guess he did use a Walmart gift card at one point. 
Um, so I have seen that before. So it is definitely currency. Very interesting. And then let's talk a little bit, Keith, about the actual sentencing. Yeah. So my last final thought on this is this sentence was exactly the same as our last case. And if you didn't listen to our last case, that was the brothers who ran Helix, which was a Bitcoin mixing service. And a brother stole money from law enforcement that law enforcement seized from his brother's illegal activity. I know it sounds like a Jerry Springer episode and it pretty much is. But the important thing is, is he got 51 months in that case for $5.3 million worth of theft. Whereas Mr. Patel got 51 months in this case for about a hundred thousand dollars worth of theft. And I told you earlier, I'm trying to come up with a easy way of thinking about this person got away with this much, but kind of had to give away that much. And in this case, it was for Patel and the gentleman in our prior, um, Harmon in our prior episode, it was 51 months. And now you could argue that in our last episode, he didn't spend $5 million. I think total that eh, maybe a little over a million because he bought a condo, I think. But point being is, in the last case, that 5.3, by the time the government got it back, even minus what the criminal spent was 12 million. So the government actually had made money on that seizure. Well, because which, of the Bitcoin, yeah, the value of Bitcoin went up here. It was clearly, I mean, the, 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 the proportions don't add up, right? In terms of, yeah, it, stole hundred. he stole a hundred grand and got four years. This guy stole. 12 million or 5 million, depending on your perspective, and got the same amount of time. I suspect this was tied to a couple of things. One, it wasn't a first time offense. Clearly he had been in trouble with the law previously as noted by the sentencing guidelines and the, uh, the bail guidelines. And if he was involved in similar uh, sexual misconduct, I suspect they threw the book at him. Um, that's why you can't kind of treat all these cases equally in terms of uh, sentencing. But yeah, crime doesn't pay my friend. Yeah. Definitely doesn't. Uh, do you have anything else to add to that before I take us out? No, I just other than I do think, you know, um, the, the rewards points as currency is an interesting thing. We should look into it further. Yep. All right. So how do you reach us? Well, first of all, if you liked anything in this act or this episode or anything about us, if, if my hair is looking decent today, please like and subscribe this podcast on whatever app you're on. I try to push it out on as many different platforms as possible. So that way you don't have to come to us. That way you can watch us on whatever you're comfortable with. And if it's LinkedIn, if it's YouTube, whatever it is, please like us, please subscribe there. Now, specifically for our audio only listeners, we have Apple podcasts where you have a star system. If you could give us a five star and then in the description, just tell us which episode you like the best or what you thought was the most humorous about a particular episode and that helps us move up the charts there and lets people that haven't heard of us find us if you haven't been to our website please go there it's just ecrimebytes e-c-r-i-m-e-b-y as in yellow milk t-e-s dot com and across the top there depending on if you're on your phone or desktop you either click a button or it's just there for you there's all our social media links and we have glossary links and newsletter links and all that kind of stuff up there. Just have fun and check out all the stuff that we made for you. With that, this is where I preview next week. And what I've got on the screen for you now is next week. It's thumbnail and it's romance and elderly scams with Kenneth Anine. And 
you're probably like, okay, you see Kenneth and Ema's in the middle of that picture there, but you got this angry guy on the left-hand side and you got this angry looking woman on the right-hand side. And I will tell you, I spent time this last weekend and I actually put the search angry old people into my clip art source. And this is what came out with angry old people. So this is what you have this week, Seth, is Kenneth, who is scamming. He, well, he's a romance and elderly scammer. So not only does he target elderly in those type of scams, but he also does the romance scam of, hey, I'm trapped in another country. I need just X amount of dollars. Send it to me and then I'll be yours soon. We're going to get into all that. And it's going to be a very, very interesting case. And there's going to be a plot twist that Kenneth is not the only person doing the scam here. Kenneth has got somebody close to him helping him with the scam that you're going to go, holy shit, I probably didn't see that coming. So tune in with us next week with E-Crime Bites, and we will bring to you Romance and Elderly Scams with Kenneth and Eam. Thanks. Bye.